This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. This Flyperbole brought to you by Sean Couturier's Christmas album, Christmas with Coots, featuring such great tracks as Selkie Baby, Poke Check Polka, and the number one international hit, All I Want for Christmas is Coots. Craig, how familiar are you with the show Outlander? Ooh, all right, good start. Uh, not that familiar. I've heard of it, and I do know that it is is uh, it's a, it's a in pop culture. I do know that much. Okay, that's. I mean, that's all you pretty. That's about the extent I know. Now, oh, okay. Uh, Emily, Emily started watching it recently, and uh, we were joking around with the intro. So all you have to know about the premise is woman goes to scotland in the 1950s or 1960s okay. uh, and finds a time portal and goes back to scotland back in the 17 or 1800s i think it's the 1700s so, you know uh, who can research these things easily I'm yeah no we'll, we'll never I, know yeah sure but the intro is showing a lot of atmospheric things to really make you feel like you're an old-timey scotland you know like uh, people like horses and deer and people sewing up wounds things like that thanks for that and nature yeah yeah we we were just we were playing different songs over the intro than the like traditional scottish music that they had just to just to see what worked there my personal favorite like we went through a bunch of stuff we did some uh we did some metallica we did some 80s yacht rock my personal right. i enjoyed nice. hollow notes was good i did you make my <laughs> dreams come true that was oh, a good time. Yeah, that's, that's okay my personal favorite, though, did some Huey Lewis in the News, did Back in Time. Gotta go back in time. Oh, man. Huey Lewis in the News. is That's, all right. I like well, it. Well, specifically from Back to the Future, you know. That's, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good... <laughs> that's how you do it. That is, uh, goddamn, Huey Lewis in the News, though. That's, uh, that's a fucking damn from the past. I haven't thought about them. Actually, that's not true. I think I listened to them about, like, a month ago. But that's such a random, like, old-ass band. That I, I always to... think, well, Huey Lewis in the News always reminds me of uh, one of the most awkward moments of my life when I was at the karaoke place that used to be on Pass Young Avenue, and the guy went up there and did his proposal, and then guess who had to go up and do <laughs> Huey Lewis in the News song karaoke right after that? And it, this guy. I guess it'll be that guy. Who's got two thumbs and did that? Yeah, I guess it'll be... He's got two thumbs and is appropriately doing the power of love, <laughs> this just... guy. <laughs> we should... But with all his friends in the back of the bar, and you can't see them, and it's just tables of strangers. Oh, good. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds like the best karaoke environment to do that in front of. We should have a, uh, we should do a fuck on sports. Like, we should do a breakdown of that whole album of uh, of sports. Just do that. I'm in. Yeah, let's make that. Mid-season. Just do it. (laughs) Back, Back in time was great, and M very much enjoyed uh, she did Invisible Touch by Genesis. Oh, man. I 
I probably know that one. Genesis was for some reason one of my dad's favorite bands. So like he, I think I know every Genesis heart one way or another, or every uh, every Genesis song by heart one way or another. I don't know. Well, that's one of the most infamous songs for me, mishearing the lyrics because I never realized that like the lyrics are actually about an invisible touch. Like I thought it was something like he takes his hat and puts it on the top shelf like <laughs> it didn't make sense but that's what it sounded like to me it didn't sound like a visible touch oh wait okay i think i already got what that song sounds like for that little i'm turning it on right now though there you go it's no cole beasley but it'll do okay yeah i know the song oh god what a jam let's bring it back it's let's a jam. Can we listen i just to i love putting Genesis? yeah I love putting these songs over the opening credits because just it makes it feel like a like a nineties show. Yeah, right? was say, like so shitty like nineties sitcom where everybody's just like leaning on doors or walls as their intro, just like turning and looking at the camera. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something that's, like that. Yeah, that's not a wait. So does that show? Uh, do I know any people on that show? Do I know? You're any no way. On that show? No way. Okay, actual people that I don't like, even think. Watch... Like I barely know anybody on that oh, show. Okay, that, okay, that's. I watch uh, yeah. a lot of TV. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be a no go for me. That would be some shit yeah. if I knew somebody on there though. Just told you to get lost. It yeah. would be some shit. Like you're, you're gonna look go. at the IMDb page and you're gonna come back to me. I'm gonna find some extra. That was like in half fucker, a scene. I know <laughs> so many people from this show. Motherfucker. Just yell at you next week about out <laughs> about that show. Yeah, you just come at me yelling about outlander next week look craig i know you don't know a lot about pop culture for the most part but what you do know is hockey and there i like a lot of hockey news okay all right let's not i think i know a little bit it's just uh you know it's not it's not a great amount we'll put it that way but i do know some stuff i'm not the worst when it comes to pop culture but i'm kind of bad i don't know it's really just the mainly You're movies mess. and the TV. Show. Not a lot of TV shows either. I'm all right on music, but you know, outside of outside of those big three, I think I'm pretty good with pop culture. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, the uh, 2020 21 season. Uh, it's uh, it's coming up, folks. They uh, as soon as we said last week, we're gonna wait on more details. Of course, uh, a lot of information came out on Friday, and uh, here's what we got so far: uh, 56 games, and they are gonna do. Uh, the four divisions that they had mainly been talking about there for a while. And uh, we'll run through it right now, but we'll get back to uh, the divisions in a second. They are the Canadian or North Division, which I think is kind of cute that they're calling it that. And so just the Canadian Division, which is all the the seven NHL teams in Canada. So the Flames, Oilers, Canadians, Senators, Maple Leafs, Canucks, and Jets. That is the only 17 division uh, going Canada into North. the season. Yeah, the, the Great White North. So uh, that should... See how that pans out. And then the Flyers division, which they're calling the East. And that is the Flyers, the Bruins, Sabres, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, Penguins, and Caps. So what we previewed last week or two weeks ago now. Uh, Central, which will be the Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, Stars, Red Wings, Panthers, Predators, and Bolts. And then the West, which will be the Ducks, Coyotes, Avs, Kings, Wild Sharks, Blues, and Golden Knights. Uh, I believe this is what was laid out before. I think the only change may have been Dallas and the Blues, I think. And also, I think... Yeah, but this is pretty much what they laid LeBron laid out a week or two weeks ago. Uh, and then there was some... He tweeted out something over the next couple of days or the, the following days about how it might be subject to change. But it's looking like that's the way the divisions will go. 
Uh, and according to LeBron as well, the schedule will come out on uh, tomorrow when you guys are listening. Uh, but it's still undecided if Canadian teams will play in their home arenas or not, which uh, it's a pretty interesting wrinkle right now, uh, a couple weeks out from the season. Uh, and uh, we'll, they'll iron that out pretty soon. Like, yeah, what's the point uh, doing a Canadian division if they can't even play in Canada? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, why not just bring down, you know, that is that is a good point. Why not just have, <laughs> why not just bring all the teams down south, but just in line with where they would be geographically and just keep all the divisions intact, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, according to Chris Johnson of uh, Sportsnet, some teams received scheduled drafts uh, featuring a whole season played of two game blocks. Uh, that includes the home, odd home and home uh, schedule. So, four straight games against the same team. So, that will be interesting. Also, added that there are some three game blocks and there, that there was one four game block that he saw. So, again, not certain yet. And we. People listening will know more than us uh, right now, but it sounds like they are going to adapt the whole baseball series type thing, uh, at at least for parts of the season where you're just going to play the same team in a row for a bit and also have some home and homes. So that should be make should make the season a little more interesting on top of the divisions. Uh, And uh, hopefully with this outline of the schedule, uh, the. 2021-22 2021-22 season should start up in October. It might be later October, but it should be starting in October, and then the season timeline can get back to normal. Um, and uh, the last thing I saw from uh, Johnston was uh, players that test positive for COVID this year will actually be announced publicly. Uh, so there will be... It wasn't like last year when uh, there was the COVID or injury reserved and you they couldn't really specify what the injuries were. It was just unable to fit. They were going to be, uh, they're going to detail. Just a mystery. Can't play. Like, you can't play. Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why? A... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it led to some weird situations because there was a, there was a couple days span where we thought Voracek might've had it. Uh, and then there was always, you always had to be a little suspicious about, you know, whoever was not in the lineup if they actually had it. But turns out nobody did. Uh, and this year, you kind of have to do it this year if they're not going to be in the, in the hubs, too. So that all, that all checks out. That all makes sense. Uh, and with that out of the way, uh, let's talk about some critical dates real quick. So, December 24th, Christmas Eve, a couple days from now, is the uh, cutoff date for non-playoff teams. And December 27th is the cutoff date for playoff teams to... Uh, have their players submit whether or not they're opting out of the season. Um, so they get to decide pretty quickly. As of this recording, I believe nobody has opted out, uh, but that could easily change over the next couple of days. Uh, nobody's and... niskanen Yeah, nobody's uh, niskanen this puppy quite yet. And I don't think they will, because I'm pretty sure you... I think I saw something you lose your whole, like, seller for the... I don't know if that's true. But uh, that might be that would be a pretty good reason to keep playing. But or it would not count. I don't believe it counts against the cap. So who knows? Uh, December thirty first training camp for non playoff teams. January third for everyone else. Uh, season will run from the thirteenth to May eighth, with an April twelfth uh, trade deadline, and then the playoffs will be from May eighth to July fifteenth at the latest. Although I think the Brun just tweeted about an hour ago that July 9th is the actual last possible date they're going to aim for but i think they might just keep it the 15th in case there are games that are actually canceled due to covid 
uh and right like that's something that you really need to be fluid on like oh yeah no sitting there going it absolutely can be this date like that's a target that's not no it's in stone yeah it's gotta be because i mean we've seen it with baseball we saw with uh, the nfl the two seasons that got played outside of bubbles uh you're gonna have to reschedule some games here probably uh, and you're not going to have the luxury of, like you were talking about before the show, Steve, with the NFL, where because they only play once a week, you can do some crazy like schedule Sudoku shit and uh, get all the games in there. But uh, the NHL is not going to have the same luxury if they're going to be. I think the pace that somebody put out there was already as is with no games being canceled. It's looking like you're going to be playing at least one game every two days. And there's going to be times where you're playing more than that. And some teams apparently might be playing three or four games in a row. Uh, so. Sounds exhausting. So it sounds exhausting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't, and again, I think that may have just been like the blocks against the same teams. I don't know if it means they're going to be getting uh, four games in four days is pretty, uh, it's a pretty rough slate. But I guess if you're going against the same team, there's really no concerns about being unfair. Although I would argue that if that team ends up playing again, like two days after that series against somebody, uh, that might be a little, uh, might be a little rough, but we'll see how the schedule looks when it comes out. So, uh, July 17th is the date for the uh, protected list from all 31 of the active teams to submit for the expansion draft. Uh, July 21st is the likely expansion draft date. July 23rd and 24th is the NHL entry draft. And then July 28th is free agency. So looking like uh, starting Christmas Eve with uh, Hockey News to July 28th with hockey news uh that should oh, be the complete cycle baby. there yeah it should be a nice change of pace from uh you know what we've had for uh, a while now of pretty uh not a ton of info so uh taxi squads uh looks like the minimum will be you need to have four taxi squad players the most you can have is six and uh, i think tom wrote for our site about uh four players that will benefit from that and i think one person is uh morgan frost that's who i'm looking for and i feel like a guy like this opens up the opportunity for a guy like Carson Torinsky. I don't just throwing a name out there from guys in the AHL who I who I think would not get any kind of look this year in the NHL if it was a regular season or played under regular circumstances. But Torinsky feels like a guy that might be the sixth player, and if AV wanted to switch it up and throw him in there, that could be that could be the situation. Um, and then also part of the taxi squad uh news is uh teams will be required to carry three goalies at all times this season between the roster and the taxi squad so uh teams are allowed to carry 36 players during camp but have unlimited goalies we know who the top two are going to be it's going to be hart and elliott and i think i think the way it's going to work and this is based off no inside information and just a hunch i think lion's going to be the taxi squad goalie and then sandstrom and ustamenko or the um are going to probably just play uh, elsewhere. Uh, maybe Eustamanko gets loaned to another ECHL club. Uh, no, Sandstrom, I believe, was practicing with... Oh, my God. I, th- I think he was practicing with Brennan's IF. Uh, I think that's what Alex Alfiar tweeted a couple weeks ago. So I think those players just might go to other leagues in other countries. And it wouldn't be ideal for development, but it's better than just sitting at home doing nothing. And I feel like Lyon, this is probably his last year with the team. So he is probably on the way up maybe and uh maybe. you know i mean yeah it just feels like besides he's michael layton part two where he's just like well you know i'm I'll good at the down. nhl yeah 
And you know, he might. Uh, he was an uh, undrafted uh, college free agent signing, so you know how those go. Uh, a lot of hype There's beforehand. nothing wrong with that either. I mean, it's yeah. a perfectly fine career. If you're oh, not yeah, for an him. NHL yeah. Oh, guy, yeah. you're not an NHL guy, and it can show. I mean, just just don't end up like McKenna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just bouncing around from uh, a bunch of different teams, but it seems like McKenna's doing fine now. He's doing, uh, he's doing all right with his uh, post-playing life. In terms of, uh, well, then end up like McKenna. Indiana. He's doing yeah. great. <laughs> uh but uh yeah i think and uh yeah for him i wouldn't mind line being down in the ahl to be paired with somebody else but the flyer i want to see uh, the flyers they have a couple goalies in the pipeline and i want to see what they, and we talked about last week with Fedotov, who uh we're gonna we got news on Fedotov too again this week and we'll get there in a second but that would be that's my guess that's early on roster guess would be lion i think that makes the most sense um because yeah, i think samstrom kind of had a rocky season uh last year i think he's going to get reps in somewhere and uh i don't think possibly playing one or two games at just the nhl level is is it uh and as we said earlier the red and royals backed out of the uchl season uh so it might even be hard for used to make to get some kind of loan down there or get the flyers you know to find a team over here in north america and used to was playing over in the uh the belarusian extra league a and i would only know that because i'm doing the prospect report uh every week but he got he came back over to north america a couple weeks ago so i don't know if he's still technically a member of that club he might be uh so if he is i think he's able to just go back over there and join the club but he wasn't at reps over there so i think he might be joining a different club if it all shakes out in that way this is all shit this is we're going to figure this out more when the, the rosters get uh, whittled down the next couple of weeks as well. So uh, let's get back to these divisions real quick, Steve. So we went over oh, the four. I, of I them. love talking these divisions. I love them. Yeah. So uh, I don't actually love these. <laughs> pretty goofy. And we talked about I. OK, so I'm glad I had these odds here because I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying uh, like Flyers Twitter. And I don't know if we're getting the pessimism going uh the pessimism going like really early on uh but... buddy the pessimism just don't stop with flyers yeah, twitter i was gonna say like the people were like oh i don't think they're i don't think they're making the playoffs which actually we could... let's go over the playoff format real quick and then we'll get into that so top four teams from each division make the playoffs so the flyers would need to finish one of the four teams uh at the top of the uh the east and then it's like we were talking about as a possible situation before it's one against four two against three uh, inside each division. So no wild cards this year. Team that finished first in the division plays against the fourth seed division and then uh, fourth seed in the division and then two against three. I mean, Winners. it makes sense yeah. given the COVID restrictions and everything. But again, I, I, the NHL just is not listening when we have said repeatedly that we do not like divisional playoffs <laughs> to start things off. Like, it's just, it sucks. It sucks. You yeah, play the same forces... teams every year. We played the Penguins how many times? Yeah, it does. Like, I feel like this year, though, it is a little bit of a thing where, like, these teams should, in theory, fucking hate each other because they're going to be playing each other nonstop. The, the three teams, three divisions that aren't filled with Canadian teams, they're going to play every other team in the division eight times this year. And if you have those block schedules going on and you have, like, two or three home and homes against the team, we're, we're the Flyers are going to hate everybody in this division. Then the two teams are. I already Bruins hate everybody. In this division. Yeah, I absolutely hate everybody in this division. I like, think it's just going to. Buffalo uh, is the team I hate the least. And again, if you ask me back around the year two thousand, like I yeah. really did oh, not yeah, like we Buffalo talk, one bit. Yeah, we always talk about those that random playoff uh, rivalry from like when we were younger. So 
I, I already hate all these teams. And if these teams are going to grow uh, animosity towards one another just because of this season and like a, a goofy ass season setup, uh, I'm about it. So I don't know. I like. I agree. They got to get away from the division setup with the wild cards, like it usually is. But I think this is the one season where, like, if they if they had had the one through eight like they always had, and they had gone to this for just this season, I don't think I'll be that. I don't think I'll be losing my mind. It's the fact of like. It's real annoying for Flyers fans, especially like over the last couple of years, just knowing if you squeak into the playoffs, you're just play, you're playing the Caps or Crosby in the first round. So uh, it just doesn't so seem worth yeah. it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just really doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so on that note, the official divisions, like the East, is as much of a pain in the ass as we we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's winners of the one, four, two, and three play against each other, and then each winner from the divisions play each other, and then. You, they meet in the Stanley Cup final because we don't know which Canadian, like where the Canadian division is going to be paired up with. Uh, we don't know what other division they're going to be working with. Uh, there could be a possibility for some weird ass Stanley Cup finals. Like we could see a Bruins Maple Leafs final that would require the, the Maple Leafs actually reaching, you know, past the first round, but they wouldn't be losing well, to the Bruins. Well, they don't have to play the Bruins. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, if they don't have to lose to the Bruins until Stanley Cup final, it's possible. Uh, also, Bruins Canadians, which a little bit far fetched. And then also, Again, this would have been a lot more fun a couple of years ago, but like Canucks Blackhawks, that would have been if you would have gotten that series in the Stanley Cup final, that'd be pretty nuts. Uh, also throwing out uh, Sabres Leafs, but that's one hundred percent not happening. So, uh, give me Flyers Leafs because I just want the like oh god the starved yeah. for a cup bowl between those two. Yeah, if they're you know like that one. Uh, and again, the Canadians to me, the Canadians would be the Drought Cup. Too. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Drought Cup. Yeah. Or go back to the 80s and not think about the Cubs, the Flyers, and Oilers were in, and then have that cool uh, retro rematch. That re- that reverse retro rematch with the uh, jer- the reverse retro uh, jerseys the entire time. Oh, there you Just go. Do that. There you go. Yeah. Um, so now, okay, so that is the – so that's a playoff format. Here are the division uh, winner odds. This is from – I got these from Michael Russo, who shared the bet online odds. So, again, not exactly maybe the most uh, reputable uh, betting source, but – like we were saying, or like I was saying, already a lot of pessimism on Twitter, or at least from what I've seen of people being like, Flyers aren't even going to make the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, that feels a little crazy considering how each team's offseason gone. I know the Flyers lost Niskanen, and that's kind of a big piece, but uh, Flyers did pretty well last season, and then I don't think they had really a lot of crazy numbers that should indicate they're going to like kind of regress this season. It wasn't like they finished the season with an insane PDO. It wasn't like Carter Hart had like a 940 save percentage and the Flyers are getting outshot by 20 shots every night. Uh, I think they were already a one goal games, but it wasn't like it wasn't like they were 20-0 and one in one goal game or like 20-0 and right. one goal games. It was like a lot of stuff that would kind of indicate we'll get ready for a series like a year of pain aren't there. So thankfully, these winner uh, division winner odds came out for the East. The Bruins lead the pack with five to two odds to win, and the Flyers are second, uh, three to one. Okay. Uh, and and then it is the Penguins are nine to two at third. Uh, Caps are fourth, five to one. Islanders are huh. fifth, six to one. Rangers are uh, six, seven to one. Sabers are uh, seventh, ten to one, and then the Devils are last, sixteen to one. I'm surprised the Caps would be as low as they are there because, like, I'm gonna be honest, just, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like the Caps got better for sure, but I I don't know that they're necessarily at the point where 
I, I don't I see them as a top three team in the East as it stands right now. So I'm going to, I think the Cavs are the one team I've kind of been wondering about in this division for a little bit because Charlie and Charlie's, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff Charlie tweeted last week coming up too, but Charlie put out something about how the uh, Flyers Charlie. are going to have to learn how to like handle, they're going to have to figure out how to scheme up against the Islanders this year, especially if you're going to play them eight times this year. Islanders seemingly had the Flyers number. That was pretty much a seven game series because Carter Hart stood on his head. But that's a very good point, and I get and people are leaning in that to the reason why the Flyers could possibly miss the playoffs is because they just get ragged all by the Islanders the entire year, and then like, you know, goes from past years of like the Penguins battles and maybe even the Bruins battles, like, you know, rear their ugly head and the Flyers somehow lose that. But with that being said, I feel like the Caps should be another team that if you're going to use that argument, you should look at the Cavs for a team that should kind of like maybe fall into that same trap because. Uh, do you remember? Do we remember the Flyers' last two games against the Caps last year? And then they, the Flyers also beat them in the round robin. The Flyers fucking cranked the Caps twice in Washington before the season came to a close with the pandemic, and then they they got smacked around by the Islanders in the postseason. So they got to worry about the Flyers and the Islanders. They have two Islanders in their division, pretty much. So like I and they, I it, if Sam Sonoff is fine. They'll be fine. And I honestly don't think the Caps are going to miss the playoffs. I'm just saying, like, that's an argument I think you can make for every team probably in this division. I'm not quite sure of everybody else. But, I mean, the Caps are going to, yeah, they're going to be in the same division with the Flyers who had that 7-2 win in Washington. And then they had that other big win in early February right before everything got shut down. And the uh, Islanders, yeah, dominated them in the postseason. So, uh, I feel like these odds are kind of close. Again, I think the Penguins are... I don't know. The Penguins just feel high to me. Like, I feel like the Penguins should be a little bit lower, but that's mainly because, I mean, I think they oh, are the Penguins definitely feel high to yeah. me. Like, it's yeah. just, I think there might be, that might just be them thinking they can get people to bail on the Penguins because they still have Crosby and Malkin. And honestly, that is always the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the big reason why I don't you count You can't them out, count so. them out as long as they have those guys, but... Every year, those guys get a little bit older. They get a little bit, you know, they wear down a little bit more. And you see them out for more extended uh, periods of time with injuries and such. Like, And their defense sucks. Their defense is dog shit. Oh, yeah. No, it's not great. Yeah. Um, but like everybody else, like the Islanders, I, to me, that feels right. I don't know if I would put the Islanders on the outside of missing the postseason. But I think in terms of last year, they... I, I don't know. Like I, I, the way they play, it's very systematic, and it's they capitalize off a lot of chances. But the whole thing is like there are times they need to be lucky for those bounces, and they need to cap, they need to capitalize on all their chances. So at times they're not clicking. They really fall. There was a stretcher going into uh, the the pause in last March where I'm pretty sure they only won like two of eight, two of nine games. So, like, if that team was rolling towards the postseason, uh, they may have not even really been in it. Like, they may have, yeah, they may have just kind of fallen out of the picture a little bit. So, I don't know. Uh, I think the Bruins still are going to be in their top of the division, but we don't know what the Krug loss is going to look like on the blue line. The Krug and Char loss on the blue line. Yeah, that's not great. And who knows what kind of mood Tuka Rask is going to be in. Yeah, yeah that'll be, be another thing. Yeah, and that could be that could be a thing this year, too, where maybe, I mean, they'd have to lean on Halak, too. And Halak put up, 
I like had a pretty damn good season, and there's no and, reason. And to let me correct what I just off. said. Like, it's not so much Tuka Rask's mood, but like, the fact is, his heart wasn't in playing in the bubble last year because he had family concerns at home. And yeah, no, that's I, I don't uh, know. It's playing during point. COVID right now is definitely a big concern, especially for you know Tuka Rask. Yeah, and players aren't going to be in the bubbles, and also if you're a Canadian team, the, like the thing we. That's what we ended on last week with the league update was we weren't sure about how how Canadian teams that they're going to be forced to play in America, how Canadian players should handle that, and if that would kind of be a thing that would lead to derailing the season. Obviously, it's not looking like it is. Uh, but if they have to figure out somewhere to play in the States and they're not able to go back into Canada, that's going to be a whole thing. That's going to be that whole angle of just being separated from even more like a – Whatever you want to call your normalized life now, it's even taken another step away from that to play more hockey in an environment that is probably more prone to catching uh, COVID. But I mean, yeah, that's so, so that definitely is a thing that probably might be fucking with Brass going into the season. Uh, and yeah, they, I guess they do have some questions in that. Yeah, when you look at it that way, because uh, again, they got a lot out of their goaltending last year. It's a pretty good defensive system. And it, uh, I mean, the defense was pretty good. But we'll we'll see. Charlie McAvoy should. I mean, Charlie McAvoy can help cancel out a lot of that the issues you have back there. But still, uh, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic of the lost defenseman and uh, the goaltending. Uh, I mean, Sabers. They're going to be the Sabers and the Devils. I'm not yeah. really expecting much out of the Devils uh, and the Rangers. I still they they still just don't have a defense yet. And if, if Lafreniere, I think Lafreniere is going to be good. But if he was a more out of all the positions they have, like the winger isn't exactly the guy I think that's gonna like tear the roof off your roster. Like if he was the like Come a top to six me next center year with the Rangers, like yeah, I was gonna I, say I like, like they, I, yeah, they're close. They're, they're close, close to being annoying. Yeah, it still really all depends on Panarin. Like if that if Panarin has an injury, that team is so screwed. This year, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, because but yeah, like him, a year yeah. or two away, like they do have the talent building up, and if if Kako and Lafreniere are ready in a year or two to really kick ass, yeah, then that's a scary team all still... of a sudden. But as they are, they are so dependent on Breadman, Breadman, <laughs> and they're so dependent on Panarin, and they have zero defense. I. I just that's the whole I thing. I, I don't see it. I, I don't so, see them yeah. being a problem. I don't see the Devils being a problem. I don't see the Sabres being a problem. Um, Pittsburgh, I, I feel like they're on the way down. Really, the big concerns are the Islanders because the Flyers can't play them. The Bruins because they're good, and I think Washington's still good. I think Washington's still got yeah. a lot in the, in the tank. And that's the thing is like these teams are good, but there's no team really outside of the Islanders. There's no team in in the division. That really, the Flyers beat the Bruins, I think, twice last year. I know they ended the season. Yeah, they ended the season on the 2-0 loss that ended the winning streak going into the pause. But they beat them in a crazy game in, in Philly. That was the game that Marshan missed the uh, shootout uh, shot just all together. And then they also won, I believe they won another shootout in Boston earlier in the season. So, like, this isn't like a couple years ago where they would just get smacked around by Boston. Um, and, again, it's going to be kind of hard to do that if you're losing key defensive pieces. Yeah, and the Caps too aren't that same. It's really just if they if they figure out the Islanders or ways to beat the Islanders, they're they're in the postseason. That really is kind of what it comes down to. Because um, like last year too, 
Yeah, the Islanders completely just took them out of games. Like they had that game in February where the Islanders got up three nothing, and then the Flyers. It looked like the Flyers were working their way back, but it was because the Islanders just went through a defensive shell. And the the Flyers did eventually tie it up, but then they gave up the game losing goal like twelve or not twelve seconds, but like thirty something seconds later with only forty eight seconds left. So it's just all that type of shit. Um, other division winners, real quick. Uh, Central division winner, Tampa Bay Lightning, three to two. Oh Three to two odds <laughs> to win I don't the see division. them losing a game. I don't. They're not. There's no. I unless they have like a serious wave of injuries. There's really no way they should lose that division. That, what I a mean, joke division. I like it the Hurricanes and the Stars, but like, fuck. There's really. I mean, no. Like, they're just not gonna. Um, yeah, Hurricanes are second, seven to two. Dallas Stars are third, nine to two. Predators six to one. Blue Jackets fifteen to two. Panthers eight to one. Blackhawks ten to one. Red Wings twenty five. 2-1, but... Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, the Stars had a lot of... I, I like the Stars. I like the Stars a lot last year. Actually, god damn, they almost pulled it off. That was my dark horse pick for winning the Cup or coming out of the West, but it was thanks a lot to... That was a lot of lucky, like, scoring streaks. Like, they got hot at the right time to beat the Avs, and then they... Kadobin went on a fucking tear at the right time to beat the uh, the Golden Knights, so I don't know if that all lines up for them again. It's that I think crawfish the, and bud-heavy diet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I finally caught all two on the cup final. I was like, I'm fucking wounded. <laughs> Just passing out in the crease. Uh, Predators, though, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the Predators should be better than the This is a team that I feel like, I feel like the Predators have needed an injection of some sort of energy for a couple of years now. And it just feels like every year they get a little bit worse. I, I don't know. I, I don't really like them too much. But this is a weak division, so we'll see what can happen. It is, yeah. And I mean, they still got they still got plenty. They still got Forsberg, and they still got uh, UOC and Ellis. So I think they can do. I think they're gonna. I mean, we'll say. I, I don't know. I don't. They're not gonna win the division, but I, mean, I, I think they should division, make the playoffs. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, so this Blue division, Jackets Tampa are there, Bay's yeah. a lock, right? I think and, Tampa Bay's a lock. Carolina's probably would, a lock, and Dallas is a lock. I would say those those three to me are locks, and then Fred. So Florida yet again has the talent, but probably won't put I, it together. I don't think this year. No, unless Bob, if Bob plays at like a normal, if he's a normal goalie or like plays a little bit above expectations, they might be the fourth team. Maybe even with a lack of you know their willingness to play defense too, they could be in the mix. Um, and the Blue Jackets, I mean, you know, talking about there's no big numbers indicating the Flyers should regress next year. I mean, the Blue Jackets are that team because uh, Merzlikens went fucking nuts and Corpus Howell was playing pretty good for a while. And I know that's part of their whole defensive system as well. Uh, but, you, again, you need a lot of things to go right when you're playing that type of way. If you had to call it right now, who are you calling for that fourth spot? I think the Preds. I think I will go with these odds here. I think that's the way it's going. Um, and the Stars, like, they should be a lock. I, I do think it's going to be. Those three are definitely locks when it comes down to Preds, Blue Jackets. I think it's really just Preds and Blue Jackets. I mean, I want the. I, I think the. I don't want the Panthers to be good, but they should be better than Man. what they were last year. They just don't have. There's this guy in Florida. He might be a game changer. He's he's flying under a lot of people's radars. You might not have heard of him. His name's Alexander Barkov. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna talk about Joel uh, Quinville real quick. Talk about Q. But no, actually, Barkov. I never heard of him. Uh, heard he's a defenseman uh, from Nova Scotia. He's pretty good. 
Uh, he's actually he's a two-way center. He, he just plays defense so effectively, <laughs> and he scores a lot of points. Yeah. I, I can't blame you for not having heard of him, though. A lot yeah, of people don't talk about him. He flies under the radar. Just yeah, I'm a casual fan, too. Yeah. Unknown. I, you know, I, I, he actually might be the most underrated player in the game. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look at the uh, other two divisions. Look at the Canadian. Yeah, look so at the king of the north. King, uh, the North Division, Canadian Division, Leafs seven to four, Oilers eleven to four, Canucks five to one, Canadians six to one, Flames thirteen to two, Jets thirteen to two, Senators twenty two to one, and the Jets also are another team where, I mean, if Hellybuck gets an injury, woof, <laughs> that might be a team. That's another team that if you want to look at, might might end up uh, regressing this year. Yeah, Hellybuck bailed them out a lot last year. The thing about this Canadian division is there's only one team you can really count out off the bat, and that's Ottawa. Ottawa's a complete dumpster fire. But the rest of them are, I mean, it's kind of a, a crapshoot for the rest of them. Like, I expect Toronto to make the playoffs, and I expect Edmonton. But the rest of it is really up for grabs, in my opinion. I I mean, yeah, I, Edmonton, too, is not really, like, necessarily... That was a lot of McDavid and Dreisaitl having huge seasons, and then their special teams kind of carried them. And, and right, Mike's, but I think Mike Smith had the right season. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I they should make it, but I mean, we're like talking, they got two guns, but their guns are bazookas. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's fair. And then the rest of the, yeah, the rest of the platoon isn't much. So uh, Canucks, like I would, and again, this might be quarantine brain and also not having watched hockey in a bit here but i feel like the canucks should have better odds than the oilers i don't know like demko seems like he's gonna be pretty fucking good uh, a lot of the younger players on the canucks stepped up last year and uh they they looked pretty decent for a while i mean they didn't they kind of got smacked around the canucks series or the the golden knight series but uh i like, mean they beat themselves it's classic yeah they did nice yeah i was gonna say you motherfucker you beat me to it <laughs> but, <laughs> The, uh, I, like no, they, I, I like the Canucks a lot. I, I yeah. expect Quinn Hughes gets another I, year. Elias Patterson. I really think the Canucks are going to finish and make the playoffs out of this division. They should. Yeah, I, I don't really, know for sure, but I like their odds. Like the Canadians too might be a team that I, I, I know they needed the extended playoff uh, situation to get in last year, but they looked pretty good against the Penguins, and they looked pretty good against the Flyers. Uh, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that somehow got in the playoffs, too. Uh, Flames, like, I really don't know what to make of the Flames this year. Um, but Let's they. Wait for them to trade Johnny Hockey, bring him home. Yeah, Am that's right? right. Just, yeah, just ship him back over east. Let's get him over here. Uh, but I really, yeah. Sandheim I mean... in a third. <laughs> yeah. Hagen a third. Yeah, that's right. That's all it's going to take. Hagen a third. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, so. Body like, bag you... Hag's coming. With a third round pick for Johnny Hockey. You have a you have a clear winner in this division. I feel like it's still got to be the Leafs. I don't know if that's because you know I have the Athletic on the mind, or I don't know if that's just because they're like no other team is really sticking out to me. But I feel like every other team kind of has. I mean, well, they have to be the the best balanced as far as having that top level talent and actually having half a defense. I. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends. Like, if you look at Edmonton, right? Edmonton's got the two best offensive players, but they don't have anybody else. 
Montreal's got pretty good defense, but they don't have shit on offense. Yeah, they don't. Uh, yeah, that is true. That's the thing. Vancouver's but... pretty balanced, but they're again they're they're young and they're inconsistent. Winnipeg's weird. I don't even know what to make of Winnipeg. And the same thing with Calgary. Like they're both oh, just too yeah. weird for me to even address. I was looking at. I forgot who the hell the Maple Leafs had. Their defense is a lot better than I remembered. Yeah, like I remember Riley and Muzzin, but I forgot they added uh, Brody and Bogosian. So that their their defense might be a little bit better than I thought. Um, so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, those are all good points. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I still, I, I mean, just having, you know, having the offensive talent they have, like, it's gotta be enough to, and they have more talent spread out in their lineup than everyone yeah, they does. Do. And that, that's a big thing. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't, Plus I don't Jumbo know why. Joe on that fourth line, baby. I don't, I don't know why the Oilers second here just doesn't feel right, but really looking at the rest of it, I, I don't know. I guess it does check out. Yeah. And I think the Flames, yeah, the Flames signed uh, Markstrom, so they're going to have to hope that whatever the hell Markstrom had last year carries over to this year. We'll see, though. So I'm thinking Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, and I would say depending on Buck's status, Winnipeg. If Buck plays all season, I think Winnipeg. Yeah, if well, not, that's. I am going with. I guess Calgary. I I don't have much faith in Montreal. Uh, well, you got to remember the thing with the Jets is uh, we were talking about the schedule and all the back to backs and everything. So Buck's not going to be able to play. Buck might be playing less percentage of the games than he usually would, just because the. You're not going to want to wear him out or get him injured early in the season, and then he could possibly be out like the whole season. I think so. I think I just the remember, Jets. Though, Montreal added a couple guys. They oh yeah, they added to Foley. Um, yeah, and they did add it? Jake Allen. They do have Josh Anderson, and I mean that's added on to their team last year. And we saw it in the in the playoffs. They're a team that drove play. Like it felt like they were outplaying the Flyers because they consistently had the puck and they had you know more of the shot attempts and everything. So maybe uh, they just couldn't finish. Spot. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm thinking kind of yeah. I, I think it is again. You know these these Vegas they, they got a science down when it comes to making odds because I do think it was it is going to be the top four again. Because uh, yeah, I, I think it is going to be. I just don't know if it's going to be in that particular order. I mainly just I, I don't know why the Canucks are sticking out to me as why I would want to flip flop them with the Oilers. I just don't. But it's not like the Canucks are great at five and five. But anyway, um, West Division. Break this one down too, real quick. Avs are expected to win nine to five odds. Golden Knights are second with two to one uh, odds. Blues are third, nine to one odds. So to me, I think those are. I think the division is between the Avs and the Golden Knights, and then I think the next tier is the Blues, and then the third tier is the Coyotes, who, who have the fourth best odds at nine to one. Wild at ten to one or fifth. Uh, those are probably in like the third tier to me, and then the last three are just kind of who cares. So it's Sharks are six with ten to one, <laughs> Kings are twelve to one, and the Ducks are last at fourteen to one. Like those teams are all just not. Uh, Kings are actually above the Ducks. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. But I think the Wild. Yeah. I don't know if it's because we have you know Quigley and Tom at the site, but I, I get I get a little more information from the Wild than some of the other teams, or at least I've been po- seeing them pop up in my. Uh, Twitter feed, and I feel like Kaprizov and uh, Rossi are going to be. Sounds like uh, they're both kind of high on Rossi, so uh, Marco Rossi. So hopefully, uh, maybe they have a huge impact. Maybe Kevin Fiala, uh, 
you know, takes off from where he left uh, last season. And uh, Cam Talbot, you know, is the Cam Talbot we all know and love, and he posts like a 930 save percentage this year. Maybe they make the playoffs. But I think, I mean, those three, those three are locked in. The Avs, the Golden Knights, and Blues should make it. Oh, yeah. I think the fourth one comes down to the Coyotes are wild, and I feel like I feel like I would lean towards the wild, considering the Coyotes just lost Taylor Hall. <laughs> so, because yeah. they in the, the they lost Taylor Hall, and in the postseason last year against the Avs, who they're going to play eight times, it was pretty much just you know how many saves uh, how many saves can they get bailed out from with uh, Darcy Kemper. Or I think it was Darcy Kemper was back in that. Yeah, we'll say it was Darcy Kemper. I, I completely forget who was in net for them in the bubble. And that was just a couple months ago. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was Darcy Kemper going off one. Yeah. Uh, and then the Blues, like, I mean, they did add Krug. But I don't, I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat the Avalanche Golden Knights. We'll see. And the Golden Knights, they did add Petrangelo. Um, so I, I think it's going to be those three. And then, yeah, the Coyotes are wild. I don't really have... I don't really have that many opinions on the Sharks, Kings, or Ducks, just because they uh, they all should probably be towards the basement of the league again. So not, and they're in the other conference, so you don't really have to worry about it too often. Uh, this year, probably not at all for the Flyers. So, uh, so uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my own thing. And Steve, where do you land on this division? I mean, I agree that it's going to come down to Avs, Knights, and Blues at the top, and I don't know shit about the other teams in this division i guess the big question is do you think the abs or the golden knights win this division i that's a tough one i i would lean the abs just based abs. on just the fact that they have such a killer offensive lineup and i mean mccarr with a year under his belt that's pretty scary and uh, the knights have had such a weird goaltending situation i don't and i don't know i don't know I th- man i think well i think the abs are First of all, the Avs really should have been able... If the Avs didn't have that crazy series with the Stars, I think they probably... I think I would have picked them to beat the Golden Knights. I, like, I, I I, think the Avs weren't that far from reaching the Cup or like a couple months ago. And then they added um, Saad, and they added Devin Taves. So they made... And they lost Nikita Zadorov, who isn't like... He's not like a... He wasn't weighing them down, but I think I'd rather have uh, Devontae's than... Uh, it's a door off, and they added to their depth. So that's too bad. They got better. Yeah, back to back all seasons. Joe Zach has gone out and just added depth, and uh, really, I mean, this year he did it pretty well uh, without losing any key uh, assets for the future. So, but yeah, I think it's it's got to be them. I think the Avs are going to be. I think it, they're going to come out on top of the division. So, uh, yeah, hopefully for the Flyers, if they do make the playoffs, I think. Oh man, Flyers Penguins in the playoffs and these playoffs would be something. At the face from twelve to like twenty. No, that's not fifteen times. That's a math right there. Yeah, playing fifteen times in one year. That's disgusting. A, that would be that would be. That is almost nice. as disgusting as layering a sandwich with French fries and coleslaw, <laughs> and then needing to eat it on a yellow bridge somewhere. That would be just an atrocity. That would be absolutely disgusting. So, uh, some other stuff. Uh, some minor uh, COVID items. This is uh, I got these via uh, Marissa Yemi, uh, NBC Sports writer. Uh, home teams have to open up home or practice arenas for visiting teams. Uh, no third party arenas. Uh, team practices are not open to the public. Makes sense. Coaches to wear masks at all times unless on the ice. Uh, okay. 
players can't carpool to rink and there are no route, uh, road roommates. That also makes sense. Visiting teams must book uh, two extra hotel rooms in case of positive tests. Players can only go to hotel and rink on the road. No go, no going out on the road, so no going to restaurants or bars, which I don't know how much they're even going to be able to do that in other cities. Uh, but again, that's where a lot of the... Well, the trust comes from being able to depend on these players not to go out and do uh, crazy ass shit away from, you know, when they're not around their teams. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, who just got in trouble with the NFL? Was it Haskins? Uh, Dwayne Haskins? Uh, the Redskins? Or, the, sorry, Washington football team quarterback? Washington football team. Yeah, just got in trouble for the, uh, I think he was partying and had like a bunch of videos on uh on Instagram, showing themselves. It's so, just so smart to have videos. <laughs> yeah, like, like why? Yeah, so like you that. Go out, like at least have all your friends. Like obviously, yeah. don't go out in the first place, given the circumstances. But like whoever yeah. you're out with, you have to be like, no, under no circumstances can you put this on social media. Like that's yeah. just come on. That's pretty. That's yeah, it's pretty insane. But, but I'd like follow the rules and don't get you know don't expose yourself to possible COVID in the first place. Yeah, that is the that's the first and foremost measures. But also, you know, if you're gonna party under wraps, just make sure you don't get caught. That's the other one. Um, you know, high school high school party approach. Uh, but the, <laughs> but uh, again, this is the the big struggle for each league that isn't in a bubble. It's just making sure, like putting the onus more on the players. Which, I mean, it's it's kind of a hard thing just to avoid as is. Like it's it's a you know it's a disease that. You could just get it even if you are cautious, so you don't want to add, you don't want to increase the chances uh, just by being reckless. So, uh, and then real quick before we talk about ads on helmets again, uh, there is a wrinkle to the rule uh, or one rule out there uh, offsides for next year, Steve. So for the upcoming season, uh, NHLPA announced today that uh, a, uh, for offside review and just so a play is onside. Uh, player skate does not need to be at least on the blue line. It can be over the plane of the blue line. So I think in theory this should help speed up some of the offside challenges. We'll see. So there, you know, Please. the rule is, yeah, Please. the rule is now uh, you can have one skate in the offensive zone as long as you have one skate on the blue line or behind it. Uh, and now it looks like because uh, we were getting into really nuanced no go review calls, and it was very stuff that's supposed to be you know eye test stuff that was getting meticulously reviewed by film, and it was just taking forever. Uh, hopefully, this will speed some of that up, and it won't be as ticky tack, and hopefully, it won't be as many reviews as is. And then also, it should be a lot easier to decipher if a player's skate is above the area of the blue line because there there were some goals last year where it was just they were reviewing to check whether or not there was space in between the player's blade and the blue line and now those situations should be avoided now again slowly working towards my ultimate goal of seeing hockey with no offside role whatsoever but uh i guess piece by piece we're gonna slowly uh slowly do i mean that's my that's i, I think i've seen that stance out there and uh, i'm behind it before the day i die i need to see the nhl Take away offside. I want to see some. I want to see some uh, length of the ice passes here. I want to see a pass go from behind one team's goal line to the other team's goal line for a goal. That's what I want to yeah, see. Sl- slow it down, man. Bring back the two line pass right now. Yeah, you you want the other way? You want the two line pass? Yeah, let's just slow it all down. <laughs> the two I line say, pass, man. Like a that, lot of people don't know the struggle pass. of the two line pass. Was... What an annoying friggin' rule that was. Oh, yeah. 
that is like that's even that's like such a weird thing now that I don't even it doesn't even process to me like how much like that just gummed up the works and that's what it's gonna be it like whatever they eventually disgusting. take off offside yeah it was just none of these really nice beautiful stretch passes uh, nobody was breaking out like it was it was a fucking ordeal just to move the puck up and down the ice <laughs> it was and it was in the like the peak like clutch and grab era so yeah like so left wing lock giving, yeah yeah just just molasses hockey yeah just the just the absolute worst uh <laughs> if you like goals if you like offense and you don't like marlboro and the devils yeah uh you know it's not ideal and actually speaking about the devils uh they're now implementing something else uh something new that everybody's going to be irritated by in a short amount of See, time my transition was going to say be speaking of disgusting let's talk about ads on helmets oh okay I went with the Devils. I just, I personally don't like the Devils. I know you kind of like the Devils, so you don't want to dunk it on. That's understandable. So let's talk about, let's move on from that comment and just talk about uh, ads on helmets. And uh, so, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, These were worse than I thought they were going to be. But (laughs) I thought, so the Devils rolled out the first uh, helmet entitlement sponsor, is what they're calling it. Of course they did. The Devils are going to be using the Prudential logo. Because they play at the Rock, uh, and the Caps also rolled out that they're going to be doing it with Capital One. And when I thought of when I thought of ads on the helmets, was either on the front where they put the numbers now, very small like font or like uh, the logo like right there, company's logo, or on the back of the helmet. I feel like putting it where the team's logo would be right now is a little weird. I can live with it though. My big thing, I realize my big thing where I'm kind of like yeah, I don't like that is. So the de- like apparently they're going to change it for each jersey they have. The Devils in their red jerseys and the black helmets, they use the white Prudential logo. That looks fine. That looks like how I envision how they can get away with this without driving everybody insane. It's kind of like what the NBA logos do. Like uh, they just had the Nets on. I think it was Motorola Lizard. Uh, like the ad they had in their jersey, but it was a small black and white M in the the uh, upper left part of their jersey. So, like, if it blends in with the team's colors, I guess I'm fine. So, with that said, the Devils away jerseys, when they were in white and they had the white helmets, they're using the blue Prudential logo. And to me, that's kind of weird. Like, that's that's too much like the other the other shittier leagues. Where, like, if you start putting the ads on the jersey and have different colors than the team's lo- uh, logo, I think that's a little weird. But... Dude, you, Again. Give advertiser, you give advertisers an inch, they take a mile. It is going... Yeah, yeah. I am so scared of this getting out of hand. Somebody on Twitter had sent us just like one of the extreme examples. Oh, yeah. Like you laugh, but I, I know how ba- like, I don't know, man. I, I just, it, I, it, it could look really bad really quickly. And it, it could, but I think I, okay. So I know the league doesn't care that much because they know everybody's going to watch no matter what. So, I, but I do think there is something to, They'll listen if everybody. I, I don't think it'll be a thing where like everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, come on, let's just do it." If they get to the point of like the SHL, like if you look at like the SHL stuff, the DEL, uh, yeah, I forget who tweeted at us, but they had like I think it was the KHL. The it was Young Philantrix who uh, tweeted at us on Twitter, okay, uh, showing us that jersey. And I mean, yeah, and like, like looking at it on the ice and looking at, but I mean, man, I don't want to buy a sweater with like free advertising for stuff. Well, see, the thing shit. is, I've said this before and. Well, yeah. you buy you can't buy a union jersey and not have a giant beanball logo on it like yeah it's i think it's ridiculous so yeah but you're right 
I mean, right now, though, there's not anything on the logos, right? So far, we're talking about helmets. I know sure. it will explain. There's nothing on the jerseys right now, but like it's yeah. it, it is a gateway, man. It slippery starts slope. and it's not going to stop. It's a slippery slope. Absolutely. Yeah. It is the yeah, it's the it's the, like they're the NBA jerseys. Of, yeah. They're going to get bigger <laughs> and bigger. Gateway. And it's. <sighs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, I like it. Again, like I. I don't know. Like, I want to see it eventually probably is going to get worse. I think these for right now with the way it looks, I, I don't think that's it's the it end of the world. And then, <laughs> yeah, see, like, that's the whole thing is if it's, if they keep expanding on it over the next couple of years, which, yeah, I'm sure that's probably going to happen. Oh, it's only but, on the sticks now. It's no big deal. It's only on the gloves now. It's fine. It's only on their socks. It's fine. I hope. Okay, but okay. So, like, how long? Let's say they do, they do the helmets and then they go sticks. And then they go gloves. How long do you think it would be before the like the, the patch on the upper part, left or right part of your chest? Like, oh, what do you did. think? It's it's. it's you think next year? Next year. I think it would be. It, yeah, I don't know. It's... I hate it. I absolutely loathe it. I absolutely loathe it. That said, I did have one good idea for it. If you're gonna do the helmets this year, and they're going to, because you know. Gotta get that revenue, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> sure for the Flyers and the Penguins. No, I'm t- 100% against it. If you're gonna do it, Flyers and the Penguins need to do this. I will not accept it otherwise. Oh, yeah. They need to do the Flyers with Wawa and the Penguins with Sheets so we can settle this Wawa-Sheets rivalry for once and all. Yeah, once if something all. good is gonna come out of yeah this season with the ads uh, and to help keep my co-host sanity, uh, I think we're gonna need to see Wawa and Sheets. And see, like... I'm getting to the point though where like I kind of want to I don't know I want to see it the other way like I want them to put in like if they're doing Wawa they should replace the Flyers logo with Wawa or like put it in like big like flashing like lights on the jersey they should go over the top they should go 100% the other way and just really uh just piss everybody off that would be funnier to me but that's uh that's just one man's opinion I know that's not shared on this podcast that's <laughs> not shared by you uh so that's that's fine you know uh so they're doing it steve i mean it's happening uh (laughs) i think it's weird they call it the helmet entitlement sponsor yes it's it's Uh, it's, that is very weird yeah that's uh and again i don't know if it's uh i don't know if it's gonna be every team i assume it uh it might it might be end end up being every team so maybe uh sponsor the nets what you know sponsor every inch of the ice sponsor the coach's tie yeah let's do it Let's make that money. I say bring bring all the money in is what I'm saying, and then maybe instead of getting, instead of getting like the fucking Goo Goo Dolls to perform at one of their eight Winter Classics, they can uh, I'd like get some band that's been relevant in the last ten years. They would only be years. so lucky to get <laughs> to get the Goo Goo, the Goo, Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah, that's a step up yeah. for them. Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you. Most of the you know bands... if they can raise the damn salary cap to. <laughs> You know, to, yeah. to get some of these sponsors, maybe I'll consider it. But I like that's the you know they're not going to the do it. They're just going to be like, oh, we can't raise the salary cap though. Yeah, if they if they decide to be, and again, I I don't really trust the league with anything. Even though we were saying that for the bubble too, but I I still obviously don't trust the league with anything. But if it does mean it increases the cap, it actually does that over the next couple seasons, and it's because they did this amount of advertising, and it doesn't lead to anything else. All right, I don't care. I mean, that's fine. I still hate it. <laughs> You're not budging. You don't want. It's don't coming want for the jerseys. It's coming for the jerseys, and I'm I'm not happy about it. All right. Okay, that's fair. I mean, 
yeah, obviously time will tell. We'll see. And you're probably right. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, what I'm saying, Steve, is Mason Millman might be rocking a helmet with a Flyers ad on it pretty soon. Flyers logo yeah. and an ad to help, you know, support a uh, Comcast logo. I, I think Comcast is probably a safe bet to be the uh, the Flyers logo, maybe. Wells Fargo really <laughs> double down on the arena deal. But anyway, Mason Millman, everybody. Sure. I mean, that's what the Devils are doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is what the Devils are doing, yeah. Uh, Mason Millman signs his uh, entry-level contract, so he is uh, going to be working. He, I think he is going to be a pro next year. Yeah, he's going to be a pro next year. So uh, three years, $848,333 a season. Uh, six foot one, 176-pound left-hand defenseman was taken 103rd overall in the fourth round of the 2019 NHL draft. He's currently with the Saginaw Spirit in the OHL, uh, and the OHL hasn't started their season yet. They're still aiming for beginning of February, I believe. Uh, but last year, he had 44 points, 13 of which were goals in 58 games. Uh, was also invited to Team Canada's World Junior Championship camp and was let go for uh, COVID, concern, COVID concerns. He did not have it, or he did not test positive. Uh, he was near, he was in proximity of somebody who had tested positive, and they had to let him go home so he wouldn't stay at the tournament and possibly... Uh, catch it so i mean again getting invited to team canada's world junior uh, championship team uh preliminary roster that was pretty good um me personally did not really see the appeal of uh his profile or like what he brought to the table when he was drafted again he didn't really produce the most amount of points in the ohl uh and there weren't really a lot of uh people talking about how he's a great shutdown defenseman or anything or about how that his defensive side of the game really is what's fueling the pick, and you're not going to see it in just uh, counting stats. But uh, last year, he picked it up. Last year, he looked pretty good. Like I said, he had 13 goals, and he just looked a lot better all over the ice, evidently, uh, in transition, and just helping to work with Saginaw's, uh, the Saginaw Spirits offense. And uh, looking at a piece that, you know, Charlie, friend of the show, uh, he talked to uh, Brent Flair a couple months ago, uh, the Flyers' assistant GM, and pretty much said that Saginaw plays a different game than what they would like to see Millman working on. Uh, they play a little more offensive-oriented, a little more run-and-gun uh, type of play, so they aren't as defensively a contra-instance. But he, uh, he's saying, you know, he can't really, like, Millman has been gaining confidence playing this way, and he's been racking up points, and the team is winning, so you're not going to really ask him to switch up how he's playing. And also... If he if he's building confidence and he is improving on some skills, he may as well just kind of, you know, let him, I guess, develop at his own rate. But uh, his biggest his biggest skill set is his uh, he's a pretty good skater, very smooth skater, uh, can play in fast speed games, fast paced games, which is going to be huge in the NHL. He's good in transition, like getting up and uh, up and down the ice and just getting the puck out of the zone whether it's just by himself or with savvy passes, uh, outlet passes, and just moving the puck up the ice apparently is what is going to help him get to the next level. And uh, that is seconded by uh, Dave Drinkill, who is Saginaw's GM. Talked to Jordan Hill uh, recently when he signed his ELC and said uh, pretty much his, his ability to transport pucks with his feet or his head and brain, head and brain, by the way, not just one of them, uh, is elite at our level. And I'm betting that if he keeps developing and gets in the Flyers, into the Flyers system, he's going to be, keep becoming an elite defenseman in that way. So I, I will say he's definitely improved 
like his stock since the day he was drafted. And I think, and really quickly thinking of defensemen uh, in the flyer system, after York and Zamula, uh, I know Wyatt Wiley's closer, and I'm probably thinking uh, I'm forgetting some other guys uh, that would be playing in the AHL this year. And also I don't count Freeman anymore. I think Millman's got to be out there now. He's got to be the third or fourth like most anticipated defensive prospect in the flyer system. So it'd be kind of nice to get a guy who could play NHL minutes. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, get him in the fourth round. And that's not, I'm not thinking of guys like he will be playing in the AHL next year, uh, which would mean he'll be going pro. And that's, um, you know, maybe Hogberg is also there with him. Uh, but uh, like he oh. is <laughs> Linus, the Hoog Hogberg. Uh, he should be, like I, I think he is somebody worth paying attention to for uh, you know the uh, next couple seasons here. So he should. Uh, we'll see how he does when the OHL gets going. But yeah, he is now uh, officially signed, and we will see him in uh, Lehigh Valley next year. So nice. somebody we hope to see uh, in Philly this season is Nolan Patrick. And again, via an update from Charlie, uh, quotes from AV, uh, he says Vigneault says that he expects Limbaugh to be ready for Game One. Uh, good to go, AV said. So we. Know that uh, Lindblom is now cancer-free, and it sounds like he's going to be ready on January 13th. Uh, as for Nolan, he says that all he hears are positive things. Uh, says Nolan Patrick has been in Philly. He's been skating. He's feeling well. Uh, and the physicals are on January 3rd, and that will help solidify where he stands. Again, Patrick missed all of 2019-20 uh, with uh, the migraine disorder. Missed the last couple games of 2018-19 and is not even sure to be going right now. He's currently missed the Flyers' last 87 games overall. But I think my we've, again, as we've said every time Patrick's come up uh, on this podcast. His career's done, wait. obviously. <laughs> Just to pack it up, buddy. It's great to feel healthy, but uh, get the hell off my team. <laughs> no, it's like... Leave. We just gotta. I actually want to see him in a game. Like that's all I want to see. Once I see him in the game and I see him take a check and he's in the boards and he's fine, then he's back to me. I'm not gonna second guess where, like, what his potential would be. What are you giggling at? Are you laughing at? I I, I was laughing at. He's back to me. He's back. <laughs> yeah, to me personally, he's back in the league. That's why he's back to playing again. So I. uh as soon as he actually takes some hit and gets in some real game time action, uh, as real game time Jones out there, I'll uh, I'll believe it when it actually goes down. But I'm not gonna <laughs> I just, I, again just do it right, you know. Yeah, take yeah, your exactly. time, come back right. No need to rush it. Yeah, and I think he can fully live up to his uh, potential. We saw flashes of his brilliance uh, rookie season in 2018-19. So once uh, he's got the skills, he's got the skills. I think he'll be worth it if he gets back. So. Uh, and then the last thing with uh, the prospects. I don't even kids. know if it's a question of like worth it. It's just like, <laughs> like I I don't know, man. Like he's he's great. Like he has so much potential, and anybody who thinks otherwise is not paying enough attention. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it is fair. So I saw some people get into it on Twitter today about like, I guess like the <laughs> yeah. yeah you're you're not gonna believe it. There were some fucking piping hot takes on Twitter today, but apparently. <laughs> Apparently, uh, like there, I, I think there is. I think it's fair to question whether or not Patrick is going to come all the way back until he actually does. Like, I think that's a fair thing. Oh, to... sure. Like, yeah, nobody I, has any idea what's happening yeah. with him, and to pretend like you know otherwise, you are pretending. Like, right. You, you don't yeah. know. 
Uh, you could be optimistic, you could be pessimistic, but you don't know. Yeah, and, but I think it is, there is also the extent of uh, people going to the other end where like, oh, he's absolutely never going to play, which I don't feel is uh, accurate either. I mean, I if there was ever a point in his career, it would be now to kind of really work that argument. I, I don't think it's the case. Uh, I, I think he is going to be playing, and hopefully he is ready for the start of the season. Again, that would be... It's a lot of pressure just kind of put on throw out there, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, and it's uh, coming up poorly. By the way, for the schedule, that's what I was, I was trying to remember something I wanted to add here. I don't know if I said it was coming out tomorrow. Did I say that? Schedule is going to be announced on Wednesday I don't when think you're probably you listening. Okay, yeah. So uh, coming out Wednesday, so we will find out if the Flyers' first game is on the 13th or if they decide to move to like the 14th or 15th. Uh, last little bit of uh, prospect news, not really prospect news, just, uh, you know, they showed up at places, it sounds like. Uh, Ivan Fedotov uh, and the Team Russia won the Channel One Cup, which is, uh, of course, as everybody knows, the annual international tournament between Russia, the Czech Republic, Sweden, and Finland. And uh, so David Kasha and the Czech Republic came in last. Uh, Team Russia won with the Kasha three money. Wins. Millionaires are, are not enjoying that. Yeah, result. they're they're broke over there. They are poor when it comes to winning tournaments apparently. So uh, eight points for uh, Team Russia. They had two regulation wins and then an overtime win. I kind of like that uh, the ranking or doing the standings that way. I know that's too much math for people that can't add a three, two, and one, but that whatever. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> Czech Republic finished last with one regulation win, so they only got three points. Um, Fedotov uh, and for the two Flyers prospects the reason why I'm telling you all about this random ass tournament uh, during the pandemic uh, Fedotov did not play in those three games even though he's one of the three goalies selected and also uh, Kasha finished with zero points in three games so there you go There's, uh, that's the only reason why I was tracking those tournaments uh, neither of them did anything so very exciting time uh, for those two Flyers prospects uh and uh Steve before we get into a game which we're going to leave that surprise for a second uh Chris Terrian, who, near and dear to our hearts, not really that facetious. I don't know. I kind of like Chris Terrian, and I thought uh, he was fine as an analyst, but uh, apparently he was recently let go by NBCSN, recently being earlier today. Uh, so he will not be on the broadcast uh, this year. It's a shame, and I kind of think that but, sucks. Uh, but Yeah, I, I really came around on Bundy. I, I wasn't happy about them, you know, swapping him in for steve coates at first just because coatsy's always been there man yeah coatsy come on but i thought chris terrian did a nice job and he was knowledgeable about the game he's obviously a guy who's been there he he played for the flyers for what felt like forever like he's one of the longest tenured flyers defensemen i can remember in my lifetime oh yeah and yeah i i don't like this current trend of cutting down on the sideline reporters and analysts and such i I, they've let go of a lot of good people recently and my whole thing is flyers wise yeah like nbcsn just has the phillies yeah nbcsn in general like the phillies the sixers like they Mm -hmm. have let go a lot of personnel recently and right now without fans like i know a lot of those people would go around into the crowd the sideline reporters in particular and like kind of get like fan quotes and stuff like that greg murphy specifically from the phillies so i'm thinking of but like that's adding another voice to the broadcast and right now when all you have is the broadcast you don't have fans to show in the stands or anything like that i would think extra voices is really what you need to keep it going yeah to be successful but that's that's my two cents on the matter i my thing is like i I, i'm kind of interested to see what the 
uh, pregame show is going to look like. Because if I'm not mistaken, they also cut Al Morganti. So it's just going to be like Michael Barkan, just like hanging out. Like, just. Like, I, well, I have for no the, idea. the Flyers, it's not. It's Barkan's like the backup. Yeah, it's Katie Emmer. And I, I don't think yeah. they've done anything with like, position. Katie Emmer does a nice job. Uh, maybe. maybe uh, Colby. Yeah, she's still there. I, yeah, I guess it's just her and Colby, which I, that, I don't know. Like, nothing against them, but it kind of sounds like a weird two person pregame show. It was nice having those extra voices in there. And yeah. especially, you know, Chris Terrian, again, is a, a guy. I feel like with the Flyers in particular, right, where you have so many longtime Flyers alumni around, to not have a well known Flyers alumni on your pregame show is a missed opportunity to say the yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That is another good point. Also, thinking about it, they, I think they did plenty of two game posts game shows i think they did like terry and with uh somebody else but like you said it it was terry and so like you're talking to like a former player who i felt like he got better at not just using cliches over time uh, i thought he actually had a i don't know i felt like he said what you were pretty much thinking most of the time after watching the period uh and kind of was getting better at what he was doing so i i don't know it I don't get it either. Like the, they really are letting go of a lot of talent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just sucks. It sucks because Terry seems like a pretty good guy too. So for him to lose, yeah, yeah. like especially right now after, I mean, I think he, you know, to have it this long with all the questions going on with the schedule and when the league's coming back to play, and then after they announce the schedule, like, oh yeah. All right, now we're going to let you go. Instead of like back, I don't know, like even in September or October, maybe when the games were done and you really weren't sure what the next season was going to be. But yeah, it sucks. And yeah, uh, best suck. of luck to best of luck to Bundy and, and everybody that's been let go recently by NBCSN over the uh, past yeah. year. It's been, it's been such a tough year for it's been a people lot in general, but a big you know, names from there. Yeah. Yeah, obviously worldwide it's been a horrific year, but I, just talking about what I've seen in the sports journalism world and sports broadcasting, uh, I, I feel that, you know, I'm adjacent to, but like I, I mm. you know, in college absolutely aspired to be in. It's really tough to see people getting let go. Uh, and man, it just sucks. It's a bummer. It's an absolute bummer. Now it is. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you got a game for me, apparently, Steve. A yes, I do. Here. Yes, I do, and I'm I am nervous, excited. Yeah. This is the shoe is on the other foot, and I am excited to to bring a game. M, help me out with this. Oh no! And and oh no, from Craig Forsyth. This game we are going to. So last week we discussed uh, Saved by the Bell, Olalnai, oh, no. and actually yeah. new Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Mario Lopez had done a Lifetime movie, and this isn't specifically focusing on Lifetime. This is more on, okay, on Christmas movies, oh, because right. as you know, Christmas movies are everywhere right now. It's insane. Like uh, Hulu's got an entire tab d- dedicated to holiday movies. Netflix really capitalizes on them. The Hallmark Channel, that's their bread and butter. Lifetime gets into them. They are everywhere. And they, some of these Christmas movies, man, these descriptions are insane. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to quiz you and give you some real ones and some fake ones. And 
I just want you to say if it's real or fake after I read oh. the description. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Okay, this is going to be a great game. Okay. What I'm did you to... think it was going to be? I thought you were going to quiz me on like Christmas movies. You're going to be like, I am fucked. <laughs> <laughs> or no, like no, miss no. out like some of the easiest like tap ins. Yeah. All no, right. I just want I just want to know if it's a real or a fake movie. And okay. Yeah. So some of these we've made up ourselves just to uh, have some fun. And by the way. Apologies if I accidentally grabbed the name of a real Christmas movie out there because they will make these things about anything, as you're about to find out. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. The first one is Switched for Christmas. Just because they are identical twins does not mean that these twins get along. Kate and Chris couldn't be more different. These sisters decide to swap lives until Christmas Day, discovering the true meaning of the holiday. Starring Candace Cameron. Real or fake? I think that's real. That is real. I was going to say, I actually think I remember somebody like seeing that made fun of on Twitter. Yeah, because that is such a fucking horrendous idea. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's not but great. It's, it's not good. Let's fool our families into thinking we're the other person. Yeah. It's just like you're just fucking with your family on Christmas, which I guess like it's funny. It's a funny prank for a little bit, but I don't know if I can watch a whole movie of it. I don't know. Oh, that sounds like a like ten minute sketch, maybe. Yeah, sounds yeah, it yeah. does sound like an SNL sketch of a bomb. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right next I like up, that. next up, we have a Christmas cancellation. The fictional characters in a popular sitcom wake up to the realization that they're not real, and the show is ending. Now, with cancellation approaching, they must find a way to keep the show going, or they will cease to exist. Starring Lauren Mealy and Marcus Ellison. That that sounds fake. I'm going fake. Believe it or not, that it's was a real hair. movie that I found on Amazon Prime. Was it good? You watched the whole thing. No, right? I didn't watch it. Yeah, it? I just okay. saw the description. It's on the queue, but it yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, it sounds if you pretty drop, weird. If you drop any of these that are on like Hulu or Netflix, I'm I'm watching tonight. I'm just yeah, that's all I'm gonna do. I was going to yeah. see how absolutely fucking bad they are. So They, it, <laughs> they will make this shit about anything. It's, yeah, this is... <laughs> obviously, they are, because these are, these are some bad ideas. But I guess, I guess, like, after years of making Christmas movies, you gotta... Like, we're getting into racehorse names here. Like, you, you gotta you gotta come up with some idea that, like, has to be so off the wall that nobody else can really think of. Like, well, you, and uh, you can't... What we noticed while we were watching trailers for a lot of these is the same company is making a lot of these. Just crank them out. Just bump them out. out. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that, they probably make it back. I I should figure out their hiring and just be like, do you guys need shitty movies? Because I can think of shitty stuff. Like, you should. I, I got a body of work pointing out bad ideas. So if you want those in movie form about Christmas, I got you. I can, I can do it for you. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Short Order Santa. Jeff is a single dad in a small town struggling with raising his young daughter and running his small diner. At his lowest point, he hires a new cook with a white beard and a twinkle in his eye. Can Jeff's new chef flip him up some bacon... Flip... (laughs) Ah, help him serve up some bacon and eggs with a side of Christmas cheer? Find out in Short Order Santa, starring Colin Hanks. Yeah, that's not real. That you are correct. I mean, okay. That I was gonna say that sounded too much. Like I feel like that I could I could hear the Stephen Emily right now. That uh, that fake. <laughs> <laughs> like I could I could hear the I don't know why, but you just that's not like Santa. Right 
Also, Colin Hanks is. I recognize that name, and I know he's a real. Well, no, some of these are real people. Yeah, that's good. Well, as I, you're gonna okay, find out, were any of the other actors before Colin Hanks were those people that I should know? Colin Hanks was in stuff. No, no, no. Okay, Colin Hanks yeah. is real, but they're well. Candace Cameron's kind of somebody who. That name kind of is. She's yeah. Full House. She was the like oldest daughter in Full House. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And, okay. Next up. Next up, we have The Spirit of Christmas. Kate is sent to broker the sale of Holly Grove Inn, where she discovers Daniel and agrees to help him solve the mystery of his murder to help him move on. But she didn't plan on falling in love along the way. Starring Thomas Baudouin, Baudouin and Katie Salowski. Okay, that feels real. That feels real. That feels... You are correct. That is real. Okay. Absolutely. This is, dude. Maybe, you know, like I, I should just start writing about like Christmas movies. That's what I should do. I feel it's like not hard. I, I, evidently not. No, and I mean, I could. I feel like I would just write movies to mock how dumb some of these are. Like that would be like we should do short order Santa. Or, well, it's short. I'm in for short short order Santa. I'm in. Yeah, that's like that would absolutely just picture him Santa. Just like, yeah. Only one way to find out. <laughs> just like in the kitchen, they put another like, they put another uh, order up on the the circle, and he's just like, "Oh fuck, I can't, I can't keep. I'm I'm so hot back here, I can't keep doing this." And then like that's just <laughs> he's just stressed out, knowing he's got to go back home to his kids after an eleven hour shift. I that's a, that's a, at least a five figure like income right there for us. If we just write that movie. Playtime's got to be so. paying five figures at least. Yeah, so they got to be or the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, one of the shitty channels. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, that's another channel that just. They've got to be hurting this year. No, actually, fuck it. Everybody's home watching Christmas movies. Never mind. They're golden. Yeah, they're golden. This is they've never been doing better. Streaming is huge right now. All right, keep going. I'm feeling uh, feeling pretty good. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm gonna get the next one. All right. Holiday in handcuffs. A struggling artist working as a waitress kidnaps one of her customers to bring home and meet her parents at Christmas. Starring Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. Yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be you guys. That's fake. <laughs> My friend, is it is it real? Is real? Get the that's fuck real. out of here! What is <laughs> I again? What is extra paying Mario Lopez? Like, is he does he really not make enough? Like, I he does that show every goddamn day. What could he be like? They've got to be paying him like twenty dollars a day. It's got to be something insane. Why is he doing these fucking Colonel Sanders like love triangle movies and then like <laughs> this type of shit? What is happening with this? Like, what happened to his money? Is there something I'm like, I don't know, that I'm like, you know, making fun of him for that? Did he have like, did, is there like a Jack Johnson situation? Did his parents steal all of his money? Like, what happened? Nothing? <laughs> I mean, like, there's got to be. Okay. Like, I don't know. I Maybe his family's being held hostage somewhere. I don't know. Oh, in that case, if you need help, man, let us know. Like, we're, again, I got a lot of free time right now with quarantine. I can help. Uh, but otherwise, what, what, what are we doing here, Mario? Like, what? What's, what's happening just talk to me that's all i want just come on the show talk to us about fucking recipe for seduction and uh just go from there god damn i can't believe that's real i was like recognize the the actor and actress's names and then also you didn't mention any character names so i'm like oh that's gotta be this has gotta be them <laughs> but god damn uh that's incredible for you okay all right. for you all right next up we have Christmas Buzz. Mackenzie's a hotshot executive in the city. When she heads back to her hometown for the holidays, she reconnects with her high school crush, Connor. 
But when Mackenzie finds out that her company wants to buy out Connor's coffee shop, can these two old flames keep their love percolating? Starring Ambry Addison and Hudson Jenks. Uh, oh, man. I gotta... I think I've guessed not real for the last two, but I think I gotta go not real again. You are correct. The Christmas okay, Buzz I was is, gonna say, like that. A Steve and Emily original <laughs> too with much. Ambry Addison and Hudson Jenks. <laughs> I think it was the hot shot executive that threw me off, but I was like, okay, that can't be real. Nobody's, nobody's a right lot now. of these involve hot shot executives like coming back to their hometown and, and wrecking yeah. shit. Hey, in a different life, I loved you, but now I'm making money and you're not. Oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> Can I go back to being a poor, not working yeah. in the city? Do I dare look, uh, overlook uh, financial crises for love? No. But this yeah. is a Hallmark movie, so maybe. Uh, maybe. All right. I might consider it. <laughs> Next up, we have Christmas Man Cave. Kyle's a hardworking single dad. He works 40 hours a week, volunteers at the local animal shelter, coaches his son's basketball team. All he wanted for Christmas was his man cave, but he never expected the contractor to be the love of his life. <laughs> this Christmas, find out that the true way to a man's heart is through his toolbox, starring Mario Lopez and Larissa Olnick. Okay. If this is real, fuck you for finding it. That's... It's real. It's what's, your, what's your answer? <laughs> what is your answer, Craig? <laughs> I'm scared. You're scaring me into saying it's real. Are you saying it's real? I'm saying it's real. Oh, that's a Steve and Emily creation. Thank right God. There. Okay. I was gonna <laughs> say. That was so. I hate you guys. <laughs> that was so fucking dumb. <laughs> Oh, that's got to be on tap, though. Again, that's another golden one. Who's fault? Cool. I feel like it's gold, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, that's holy shit. So, look, as soon as we're getting off, I'm writing about those two things. So I'm gonna push off that Bill Barber article even further. I'm talking about that. Those, that's what I'm writing. That's, that's what I'm doing. We got a script writing session. Yeah, we gotta just put it on a pot of coffee and we're getting right to it. So, holy shit. Okay, that was good. You got me too, because the Mario Lopez again threw me for a loop. So I was kind of like thinking maybe just stayed on his IMDb page for like. Real deep it's, cuts, but it fuck. is it is a waste. I will tell you that. <laughs> Next up, I... we have Second Chance Christmas. A wo- a woman's husband uses her memory loss as a chance to make her fall in love with him again at Christmas. Starring Katrina Begin and Tilkey Jones. Okay, despite Tilkey, I think this one is real. It is Tilkey okay. Jones is really one of the stars of Second Chance Christmas. <laughs> the thing was, while we were coming up with with fake names, I said I'm never going to come up with a, as good of a fake name as Tilkey Jones. I mean, he really. I'm looking at him now, and apparently he's real. He was a member of the band Take Five. What am I looking at? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> All right, is Take All Five right. the same band I'm thinking of? Anyway, yeah, okay. I just want candy now. And our last one here, our last one here, Feliz Navidad, single father David is matched with out-of-town musician Sophie on a dating app. Since she's only in town for the holidays, they agree to practice date, but will they fall in love for real? Starring Mario Lopez. (laughs) I gotta say that one's fake. Feliz Navidad. Israel. Oh my God. Feliz Navi, Dad. 
Police Navidad. Da, 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 da. That's me singing the uh, horrible it. version of that song, yeah. By the way, first of all, great game. That's a wonderful game. That's probably the best game this podcast has ever had, mainly because I make most of them. But also, I don't. I think I've only seen the... Uh, oh, well, never mind. I think I just realized I answered my own question. Uh, the Corona Feliz Navidad commercials, the ones that have been on for like ever. Or, or am I thinking of Jose Corvo? The one where somebody's just oh, humming. I can't Feliz remember. N- yeah, they're like whistling Feliz Navidad. Yeah. But I think I've only seen that once on TV this year. I feel like I've seen that consistently every year of my life for a while now. So it's just, uh, it's just a sign of things coming to a close. We're just getting older, Steve, you know? They're starting to take the ads off the TVs. They're starting to put ads all over our fucking hockey jerseys. We don't have anything anymore. God damn. But at least we have each other, Steve. And we both have around the league. So let me get into that real quick. Uh, we'll do that. And then... Um, no batch again, update I, because it is... Batch airs tonight. So is it even Ian's, happening this week? Who knows? But who either knows? way, it I'm just going to say, uh, you know, Ian's got to pick up a shit. I mean, to not we'll have get a batch it for update... Next really, no, get it for next week. Yeah, no, there's no excuse for and not we'll, having a batch we'll update. We'll probably be recording early in the week again next week i yeah i say next week we do tuesday again i'm gonna put that out there and kind of peer pressure you into doing it for two that's what i think that's what i'm leaning but we'll 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 talk we'll cross that bridge when we get there so uh around the league steve uh ron o'reilly to be named the blues 23rd captain in franchise history connor sheary has signed with the caps for one year 735k he had 23 points in 63 games last year between the Sabres and uh, Penguins, uh, Eric Cernick and Jan Ruda signed extensions with the Bolts. Cernick, uh, three years, $2.95 million a year. Ruda, two years, $1.3 million a year. Uh, Derek Anglin has retired. He was a 2006-round pick of the Devils. He had 127 points in 500 and 579 penalty minutes in 671 games over 11 seasons between the Penguins, Flames, and Golden Knights. Derek Anglin played in 11 different seasons in the nhl what a time to be alive that is absolutely bonkers also it's kind of bonkers because he had a career high of 23 points and he also won the mark messier leadership award in 2017-18 his first year with vegas he actually did i think that was just all like people being shocked that vegas was good yeah well it was i think that did play into it and then if i'm not mistaken because i'm gonna be honest with you i kind of blocked Derek anglin's life out of my my memory banks I believe he's from Vegas, and he also did stuff in the community when the team went back there. So I think that's part of the reason why I got the award. Who knows? Who cares? We'll, we'll die not knowing. Uh, Nathan Page has retired from hockey. He had uh, 42 points in 167 games over five seasons between uh, the Sabres and Blue Jackets. Last played in 2009-10, so this is a, it's a real deep pull. Uh, spent the last eight seasons in the AHL, the last three with the Rochester Americans, who are the Sabres hl affiliate so having a real uh, you could have a uh you know nathan page alex Lyon could become the nathan page of the flyers uh crease here uh drake kajula signs a one-year deal with the arizona coyotes uh for 700k 15 points in 40 games last year for the blackhawks uh oliver shillington stays with the flames for one year 787,500 bucks seven points in 48 games last year for him and then last but not least right hand defenseman roland mccown stays with the hurricanes for one year at 700k Spent the last two years with the Charlotte Checkers, Hurricanes AHL team, and played 10 games for the Hurricanes back in 2017-18. So that is uh, around the league, Steve. And, uh, yeah, 
but uh, right that's what we got. Right. That's around the lake, yeah. That's what we got for you fine folks. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, and again, the uh, the Bill Barber article, I I know what I'm going to write about. Uh, I am contemplating whether or not to put it out for Christmas Eve or Christmas, because I don't know if it's going to get a lot of clicks, but either later this week or next week. And next week, it's it's ha- it's going to be online by next week. If it's not online next week, I, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. And uh, I, but it, I, it's meant to be. So I'm going to write it. And uh, I'm going to probably not do the uh, gift from each team for Christmas, but I am going to start doing, uh, probably jump in on World Junior Championship coverage. And uh, I think we're going to start rolling out probably some uh, divisional uh, opponent previews. So I might jump in on that or. Might just write something about the Bruins and Sabres uh, and how they match up against the Flyers coming into this year. So that is what I'll be working on. But first and foremost, Bill Barber thing by next week. That is the Craig Forsyth stamp of approval, which I don't know what that translates to in uh, American Bucks, but we'll find out if I don't, you know, get it done. If you don't get her done. Get uh, don't don't do that. It's not don't. A thing. <laughs> it was never a thing. It, it still is not a thing. I'll, oh, it was no. It was. I know it was a thing. Yeah, it was definitely a thing, thing especially if you live in the south back then. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not now. <laughs> not so much. Not so. Well, much. maybe now it's just not in circles that I'm acquainted with. Which you know, that's fine by me. Keep doing it. Live live your best life. People out there that are doing it now, I don't want to hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, is it sports or bad? You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. If you are listening to this on Wednesday the 23rd, uh, please come and attend the BSH Festivus Party. We're doing it virtual this year, doing some quizzo. Should be a good time for everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty pumped about it. Should be good. Could get some, some crack quiz experts on your team. We'll see. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll see. Mm. Uh, keep an eye out for that, folks. Uh, you might want to tune in for this one. Oh. <laughs> All right. PSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey, Flight Purple Sports are bad. All that good stuff. Folks, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Wear a damn mask. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Flop, 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 Flop